This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. You gotta fight for your right! Believe it, baby, I'll see y'all next year. You gotta fight! This is where I would like to start the four o'clock hour. We will get back to taking calls. The first thing, it's a toss up. You don't got to hit the music for it, Rob. What was the more enjoyable feeling yesterday as a Chiefs fan? Because these two things happened in a 10 minute span. The Chiefs win the Super Bowl. After that, one of your players grabbed a Chiefs flag and planted it in the middle of the Raiders stadium after you have won three Super Bowls in the last four years. Pretty remarkable. Or was it watching John Elway, who for some of you, John Elway is your least favorite athlete. You hate John Elway. He ruined your childhood. Is it watching John Elway hand your starting quarterback another Super Bowl trophy, which now gives your quarterback more than John Elway had? What's the greater feeling and greater thing that happened yesterday? Is it planting your flag in the middle of your most hated rival stadium? They've never had a postseason game in that stadium. You just had maybe a top five Super Bowl win in their stadium, planted the flag, and you also think that your flag is underneath their stadium. Or is it Elway, who has two Super Bowls, two measly Super Bowls? You're a peasant. You only have two? Oh, I have three. And he had to hand that person another Lombardi trophy? Text line 913-586-7610. What was the more rewarding feeling yesterday as you was watching the game? All right, Rob, let's get back to this overtime issue. And this is going to sound conceited, and I promise you that it's not. If you are under the ages of like 40, 45 years old, and you grew up playing as much Madden as I played, as much Madden, Rob, as you have played, you feel very, very confident about your ability to call plays, 
you feel really confident in your ability to understand clock management. You also, through playing the game, feel like you understand the strategy a little bit better than other people because you have been in these fictional simulation scenarios so many times that you know how to execute them. Like I've executed hundreds of two-minute drills in my life. I feel like I know when you should call timeout, when you shouldn't call timeout, when you can spike it because I've simulated this so many times. It is absolutely unacceptable to me, unacceptable to me, that a player who played in the game yesterday could say this about the game. It doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm about to play for you guys some audio. This is Kyle Juszczyk. You guys know who Kyle Juszczyk is. He's their fullback. If you don't know who their fullback is, you've seen his wife's design. She is the one who made the jackets for Taylor Swift and Brittany Mahomes a couple of weeks ago. He's been in the news. He was asked after the game about, hey, why did you guys choose to get the ball first in overtime? Here's what Kyle Juszczyk had to say. You know what? I didn't even realize that the the playoff rules were different in overtime. So I I assumed you just want the ball because you score a touchdown and win. But I guess that's not the case. Um, So I don't really, I don't totally know the strategy there. No. No, we haven't talked about it, no. You didn't know the rules? How? It still doesn't make sense to me how you don't know the rules. It is still preposterous to me that you don't know the rules at the end of the game on how to win the game. And then I'm reading this story from The Ringer, and this is when it really started to take off. The Ringer. So the story says that Kansas City's overtime plan worked out exactly how they'd hope, and it wasn't by accident. Chief safety Justin Reed told the ringer that the Chiefs had first discussed the new overtime rules as far back as training camp. People, training camp was in July. The Chiefs were already talking about this and preparing for, well, we know we're going to the postseason, and maybe – a game gets into overtime, this is how we're going to handle it. It then goes on. Chris Jones told the ringer that players were prepared for what to expect. We talked about this for two weeks, how we were going to give the ball to the opponent, and if they scored, we were going for two at the end of the game. We rehearsed it. Chris Jones just confirmed this is something that they practice Coaches love to tell you how much time they spend, how much film they watch, and that they're breaking down film and burning the midnight oil. We think so highly of football coaches, we call them geniuses. Think of the people in our society that we call geniuses. We call that to football coaches. You have never called some professions that take far more thought and skill We call football coaches geniuses. Wait till we get to the San Francisco part. Oh, this is the part that just, it grinds my gears. So that's the Chiefs. The Chiefs, they're preparing for it. You know, they're talking about it. They're scheming. They're they're getting ready. Here's San Francisco. 
But San Francisco did not do the same. Multiple Niners players said after the game that they were not aware that the overtime rules are different in the postseason than they are in the regular season. And strategy discussions over how to handle the overtime period did not occur as a team. Lineman Eric Armstead said he learned the details of the postseason rule when it was shown on the Allegiant Stadium Jumbotron during a TV timeout after regulation. Your uncle and Eric Armstead should not have found this out at the same time. Your cousin that doesn't really follow the Chiefs but just came for the Super Bowl vibes and really came to eat. They cannot be learning the rules the same time that Eric Armstead is learning the rules. He found out on the Jumbotron at the stadium, and they had never discussed it as a team. It is not crazy this game went to overtime. It was a two-point spread. That means Vegas thought it was even. And then we saw the game play out, and you know what? It was pretty even. At no point in all the film and all the practice and all the time that they tell us that they spend in the facility, they never discuss the possibility that the game could go to overtime? How? How are you coaching your team to the best of your ability and preparing your team if you are not going through winning scenarios? Hey, it's third and five, and we got to get a first down. These are the plays that we're going to run when we got to do it. Hey, it's fourth down. Our season's on the line. The game is on the line. These are the plays that we feel very comfortable running. Let's go through that scenario and that situation. What are you guys doing at the facility? All that time that you spend up there, all the meetings they tell us they have, what are they meeting about? If not, how to win the game. Rob, please explain this to me. I don't even know if it's explainable, but can you explain it? Is it possible to explain what happened at the end of the game? And the reason I feel this way, I guess, about San Francisco is the game possibly plays out differently if you're San Francisco. You did exactly what the Chiefs wanted you to do at the end of the game. Well, we know the Chiefs don't want the ball first. They don't want the ball first in the first quarter. They certainly don't want it first at the end. And then you give Patrick Mahomes even more of an advantage You got to think of Patrick Mahomes like the house, where the house always wins, right? You can go to the casino and win. People win money at the casino. You can go right now, go to Argosy, go to Ameristar. You can win. It's possible. But over time, we know you will not. But there are some bets that you know have a greater house edge. That means the casino has even more of an advantage that they already have over you. You have Brock Purdy as your quarterback, so you're already at a disadvantage. I'm now going to give you more of an opportunity to beat us? Stupid. You gave Patrick Mahomes at the end of a Super Bowl in which he just went down the field on your defense like a hot knife through butter, went down easy. You now give him all four downs and tell him, hey, Pat, real simple. If you score a touchdown here, you win the Super Bowl. Was there ever any doubt that the Chiefs were going to score at the end of the game? If that's the scenario. If you score a touchdown, Patrick, you win the Super Bowl. It wasn't even a hard drive. It was easy. Oh, that's it? I just got to execute one touchdown drive? Great. This is strategy 101, how to execute this. 
This is what you do if you're San Francisco. You can even cut this audio and send it to the other 31 teams in the league because I know this, and Andy Reid obviously knows this. The Chiefs know this. Other teams don't know this. You defer, and you let the Chiefs get the ball first, and then the Chiefs will probably score because they have Patrick Mahomes. They're going to go down the field, and they're going to score, and then you realize, all right, now we got to score too. So then you go down the field. Let's say you need a touchdown. You go down the field, you score a touchdown. All right, this is a real critical decision. You now have two choices. Choose wisely. Let's say Patrick Mahomes scores first. So now the Chiefs are up seven. And now you score if you're San Francisco. And now you are down one. You have two choices. You can go for two and win the football game right there. B, you could lose by kicking the extra point and then allowing Patrick Mahomes to have the ball again and go down the field and beat you. That's what he did. There's never a scenario as a coach that I would give Patrick Mahomes the advantage. He already has enough of an advantage. He's better than you are. Like, you gave Michael Phelps a head start in a swimming race. He's going to beat you. I mean, he's going to beat you anyway. But then you gave him an advantage? Hey, Usain, you know what? I know we're running the 100-meter dash. I'm going to let you run for 10, and then I'll start running. Well, you lost. You got, you got cooked in that, in that race. You didn't have a chance. I really think that's going to be the lasting memory of the, of the Super Bowl. It's going to be the pat drive to take them down the field, and it's going to be how the San Francisco 49ers handled overtime and how ridiculous it is, and the audio clip. You can never take this back. We didn't know the rules. Not knowing the rules is unacceptable. It's one thing if you don't know the rules and you're the casual Chiefs fan. It's fine to know it if you're just a hardcore Chiefs fan. Like, oh, yeah, I forgot. You've known about the Super Bowl for two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. If you're San Francisco, you've been thinking about the Super Bowl since Brock Purdy got hurt last year in the NFC Championship game. You had a full year to think about it. And now we get there. We're just not. We don't know. We don't know the rules. We're not prepared. We don't have a strategy. He said, I would assume. There's no reason to assume. You had two weeks to get ready. That's why they lost. If you want to know why Kansas City has the advantages over these teams, they already have an advantage because they have Patrick Mahomes. And then number two, your team is full of dummies. Simple. Or your team's not prepared. Or your quarterback stinks. It's all of those things combined. We can keep this conversation going, 913-586-7610. Plus, we'll get back to taking your phone calls, 913-586-7610. Rob, he said he didn't know the rules. You know what? I didn't even realize that the the playoff rules were different in overtime, so I, I assumed you just want the ball because you score a touchdown and win, but I guess that's not the case. Um, so I don't really – I don't totally know the strategy there. No. No, we haven't talked about it, no. I didn't totally know the strategy there. (laughs) Okay. We'll take your phone calls coming up on the other side. Plus, we have all the championship calls from yesterday. We got Kevin Harlins. We got Jim Nance. We got Mitch Holtis. We got the Mexican one, the Korean one. We got them all. We're playing them next. Keep it right here. It's the drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? 
Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Chiefs Kingdom has started its own history class because for the first time in 6,944 days, there is a back-to-back Super Bowl champion. We are the champions. All right, we're going to go through all the ending calls that Rob can find. We'll play the Chiefs one in full. We play the Niners one in full. We'll play Kevin Harlan in Westwood one. We'll play the Korean one. The ESPN Deportes one. We're playing them all here. Celebrating another Chiefs win. Someone on the text line said, CDOT, you said that you would have gone for two at the end of the first overtime. But if you don't get it, then you lose, correct? Yes, that is true. But if I was San Francisco, how I would have handled the overtime is... It is not in our best interest to continue to prolong the game because it continues to give Patrick Mahomes more chances. There is only one opportunity for you to win in the first overtime period. It is if you go for two at the end. It's the only chance you have to win. It doesn't matter if you score a touchdown on the first drive. The other team gets the ball. So... I let Mahomes get the ball first. Let's say they go down the field and score. All right, cool. We have to match it. And then if I am in the fork in the road between two decisions, one decision is, so let's say you kick the extra point. And let's say that in this hypothetical, it is now tied 7-7 after the each team got gets the ball. Well, then in that scenario... Kansas City then gets the ball first, and now it is sudden death. It is not baseball where both teams get to hit. No, it then becomes sudden death. I'm not giving no because it ain't sudden death. It's Mahomes is about to kill you. They are scoring a field goal anywhere. Harrison Bucker was making 70-yard field goals. So even if you do okay against Mahomes, they're still going to kick a 51-yard field goal and break your heart. I'd rather run the two-point conversion. I'd rather run one two-yard play, and it is the best play. It is a special play that I've been saving. Rob, do you have, like, a shirt or some shoes you're waiting for that right moment? Oh, man, I'm going to wear this when we go to this dinner. Or I'm saving this. I got a two-point conversion play that's in my pocket that we practice every week that – you know what? Let's run the annexation of Puerto Rico. Now's the time to run the play. And if we don't get it with this play, then all right. But this is the play we're running. I mean, in this situation, Kansas City probably still wins the game. 
But at the end of the game, if you're going to overtime and the rules are different, this is the first time that we got a chance to see the rules out in the wild, out in the open. You got to know situation. You got to know scenario. You got to know game management and time management. And the fact that a starting player on the San Francisco 49ers figured out the overtime rules the same time as Ice Spice is unacceptable. It's not her job to know the overtime rules. It's your job. She saw it on the screen the same time that you saw it. It's mind-blowing to me. And I think Kyle Shanahan is a very good coach. I thought he devised a really good game plan yesterday to give San Francisco a chance to win the Super Bowl. But Patrick Mahomes happened. And part of why Patrick Mahomes happened was you kind of let it happen. Let's go to the phone lines, 913-586-7610. Dan is in KCK. Hey, Dan, how you doing today, man? Hey, Carrington, how you doing? Congratulations to the Chiefs back-to-back champions. The special teams and uh, defense did just enough to win. And uh, you're right, uh, Carrington, the dynasty of the Warriors and the old Celtics of Red Auerbach, eight straight titles, and the Lakers. And even though Larry Bird and Robert Parrish, Ken McHale didn't repeat, they had a pretty good run, too. So take care, Carrington. I'll be at the parade. Take care. Absolutely, Dan, man. I appreciate you calling in today, man, celebrating the Chiefs win. 913-586-7610. Let's go back to the phone lines. Paul, you called into the drive. Hey, Paul. Hey, great show, guys. Hey, Harrison Parker can make a 50-yard field goal in the middle of Antarctica. This guy, I would argue, I know Vinatieri is going to be top, but I think he's the greatest playoff kicker in the history of the league. Uh, this guy doesn't get enough – not enough is talked about him. The kicking in the, in the elements and that 57-yard field goal, what a difference that makes. Remember Scott Norwood when he shanked that 48-yarder to cause the Bills to never see the light of day. Our guy is money. Even that 28-yarder at the end of regulation, just thinking the pressure on there. But I can't say enough about that guy. I, I, I tell you what, he's just uh, an ice water riverboat gambler. Absolutely, Paul. I appreciate the phone call. I'll give you guys the stats on Harrison Bucker in this season. I mean, it it's one of the best seasons the kicker has ever had. Harrison Bucker this year was 44-46 on field goals, so he made 95% of his field goals. He didn't miss a field goal over 40 yards this season. On field goals over 40 yards this season, he was 22 of 22. He was four, He was 15 and 15 on kicks over 40, 7 for 7 on kicks over 50 yards. And didn't, miss the, didn't miss an extra point this year. Had two field goals over 50 last night. One was the longest kick in Super Bowl history. It is one of the best seasons a kicker has ever had. I was joking, and I'm, I don't know how much it, it felt like a joke at a time. It felt like Kansas City was going to have to win that game by just kicking field goals. And I was very, very close to just putting a dollar on Harrison Bucker to win Super Bowl MVP because one dollar would have won you three grand. And I was, I was very, very close to doing that yesterday, Rob. It felt like there was a time there that you could argue that Harrison Bucker was the MVP for the Chiefs. And then, you know, Mahomes happened. I mean, there was a moment in time before <laughs> Bucker hit that one where they were like, uh-oh, is it going to be MVS? It would have been... It would have been hilarious for this show if MVS had won MVP. There was, I'm telling you, MVS with his three catches for 20 yards and a touchdown, they was not giving him the MVP. They was not. I'd rather have given it to Taylor Swift in that scenario. And MVS did what he was supposed to do. His three catches for 20 yards and a touch was not getting him MVP. They should have gave it to Harrison Bucker anyway. By the way, I know we're talking about MVP. I know he can't win because he any sacks. Chris Jones dominated that football game. The same way he dominated against the Niners last time with no sacks. That was... 
Not as dominant, but Chris Jones was dominant yesterday. I mean, if they were going to give it to a defensive player, the best defensive player in the game was was Trent McDuffie. I know he didn't register a interception or the best defensive player in a game yesterday that maybe had two Hall of Famers. Like Bosa's got a chance. Chris Jones obviously has a really good shot of getting in. The best defensive player on the field yesterday was Trent McDuffie. And the job that they did against George Kittle, the job that they did against Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel had 11 targets yesterday and only had three catches. They were phenomenal in that secondary yesterday. And they completely suffocated three out of the big four for San Francisco. Ayuk didn't make a play that hurt him. Kittle didn't make a play that hurt him. Neither did Debo Samuel. Christian McCaffrey did have 160 yards. It took him 30 touches to get there. You can live with Christian McCaffrey averaging less than six yards a touch, and they did a great job on him yesterday. Let's go back to the phone lines. Shane called back. Hey, Shane, how you doing, man? What's up, c Dog? How are you today? Doing good, man. Man, I'm telling you what, the biggest thing for me is the fact that there was only eight players remaining from the 2019 team. Just the, the impact that these young guys are having. Obviously, you've mentioned McDuffie over and over again. The one-on-one coverage he had where he batted away the ball with Debo Samuel in the end zone, running stride for stride, and his, his rush where he batted down the ball. And then Leo Chanel forces the fumble. Karloftis recovers it. Um, Jalen Watson recovers the fumble on the punt. Um, Pacheco, we, he, he carried us the whole playoffs. I mean, he scored every other game except for this one. It's just the fact that Brett Veach has built this team um, to be so good just with our young town is just unmatched. And then the other thing I want to say is it's just seeing the look on, on Mahomes whenever he was sitting on the bench knowing he was about to get the ball after they kicked the field goal. I mean, he's just – he has – I don't want to hear anything about Josh. I don't want to hear anything about Lamar Jackson, any of these other scrubs in the league. None of them have what he has. Um, whenever the pressure is the biggest, he, he plays his best. And going eight for eight in overtime with two, obviously running the ball twice for a lot of yards as well. He's just – he's unbelievable and it's unmatched. And I really appreciate your guys' show every single day. Keep on and I love it. Absolutely, Shane. I appreciate you, man. I, I think the best way to put it – and I am not talking about, like, their play style. We all watch Tom Brady, right? For 20 years, we watch Tom Brady. Tom Brady currently plays quarterback for the Chiefs. I'm not – Styles, different athleticism, I get all of that. You guys remember how you felt about Brady. You remember the fear that Brady put into other teams. You remember the, the dominance. You remember that. He's, he's still in the NFL. He plays quarterback for your team. That's what I saw yesterday. You remember the comeback 28-3 to and just how easy it was for Brady, how surgical it was for Brady. You remember that guy currently plays for the Chiefs because that's who was playing quarterback yesterday. At the end of the game, it was, it was, you can't play the position any better than Patrick Mahomes did on their final two drives. Both times he got the ball and they needed points. They were down three. Both times he got the ball at the end of the game and they just, just went down the field easy. They still had a timeout at the end of regulation. They still had a timeout. I do want to play the audio here. We'll do that here in just a bit. I do want to answer this question. This is the thing that I think the NFL could have done a much better job explaining to the fan. So someone texts Rob and said, well, what if McCole Harbin drops the ball on first down and the clock goes to zero, then the Chiefs go to second down, third down, and so on with zero on the clock? The answer is yes. 
I don't think that they explain it because that's not how we view time and the clock in games. So I imagine this happened where you was. Call timeout. The clock's running out. It's not running out. They were just simply going to go to the second quarter of overtime and they were going to flip the field. So the Chiefs didn't need to rush or anything. You get your full possession. They just need to make it untimed. And that would eliminate any of the confusion that happens. Just make overtime untimed. This is how I would fix it. If I'm the league comes to me, hey, Karenson, how would you fix it? The Niners get one untimed possession. Kansas City gets one untimed possession. And then we go to sudden death. Simple. Hey, we both teams got an opportunity to score a touchdown here to win the game. Hey, it's tied after that. All right. Well, we're not going to do this all day. We both gave you a chance. And now we're going to sudden death. Next team scores. That seems more than fair to me. Now we might can argue. Well, it's been decided by a coin toss. I'm sorry, bro. You've had, you've had five quarters to win the game. I'm sorry. The game has to end at some point. I think that's a fair way to do it. But I, I, I will agree with you that the clock, unless you really know the rule, and I'm not saying you don't know the rule, the clock was very confusing and it didn't need to be because it can't expire in the way that we view clocks in sporting events. So just make overtime untimed. That's a very simple fix from the competition committee. San Francisco gets an untimed possession. Kansas City gets an untimed possession. After that, if it is tied, we then go to the original overtime rules and the next team scores. That is the fairest way to determine who wins a football game. I like that. A, college literally does that. It yeah, works. it is. I like that, too, because then if you're the team that loses the toss, you have a chance and an advantage because you could, in an outdoor game, play with the elements. Oh, man, we lost the toss. We're getting the ball first. That stinks. We're going to make our opponent have their drive go into the wind. Like, it gives you each team an advantage on the coin toss because some people on the text line are saying, no, 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 you got to flip the field the second quarter. That's stupid. Like, give everyone an equal opportunity. If you win the toss and you want to take the direction, cool. Whatever. Your system is perfect. Just get rid of the clock in overtime. Just, I, I mean this as respectfully as possible today. There's nothing that makes sports fans more stupid than football overtimes. I already think it's too confusing. My overtime would be very simple. It is a first to six. So you can't win by kicking a field goal. And if you give up a touchdown in overtime, you lose the game. You lose the game. That's how I would do it. They chose to do it differently. I think we are real close to figuring out a system that no one can complain. Both teams get an untimed down. If it is tied after that, we go to the old rule of sudden death. That just seems like the most fair, hard to complain. San Francisco lost yesterday. We'll get back to phone calls here in a bit, Rob. All right, let's run through this. I'm going to play for you every single game-ending call that we have. Let's start. Right here in Kansas City, Mitch Holtis, voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. This was his call to end Super Bowl 58. A three-yard touchdown pass in overtime. Kansas City wins the game. 25-22. And the Chiefs kingdom has started its own history class. Because for the first time in 6,000 944 days. There is a back-to-back Super Bowl champion. That was Mitch Holtz's voice of the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday, and that is his call of the McCole Hardman touchdown to end Super Bowl 58. Let's hear Kevin Harlan, former voice of the Chiefs. He was on Westwood One. 
First and goal at the three. Lining up in the clock at 10 seconds and ticking. In the shotgun, Mahomes. Four-man front, receiver in motion, low snap. He runs and he throws, caught, touchdown! It's caught! Hardman caught the ball! The Chiefs have won! The Chiefs have won! The entire bench empties! Chasing Mahomes in the end zone! Their third Super Bowl in five years! The Chiefs are back-to-back Super Bowl champions! It is a dynasty! The Chiefs have won Super Bowl 58, 25, 22 in overtime. That was Kevin Harlan. That audio was courtesy of Westwood One. That is his call of the McColl Hardman touchdown to end Super Bowl 58. Let's keep this going. This is probably the one that you've heard the most. Here's Jim Nance yesterday. Here's his call of the Hardman touchdown. First and goal. Mahomes flings it. It's there! Hardman! Jackpot! Kansas City! And this was the Andy Reid special. This was the Andy Reid special. We talked about he was saving all day. He's going to fake a motion to go across. I don't want to say it. Did you like Romo yesterday? I don't want to say it. I was I was ready to say it and then I paused. They're bad. I I'm sorry. I can't do it. They're bad. They're Romo's bad. He's not good. He is the worst. He has now become the worst. We went from a time thinking that Romo was the best. I remember this. It was not that long ago, 3 4 years ago. He is he is now the worst. Greg Olson, better than him. Chris Collinsworth, better than him. Kirk Herbstreet, better than him. He is the worst A-crew voice that we have. He's bad on those broadcasts. I thought Nance was kind of underwhelming, too. But Nance is a goat. I'm not, about to, I'm, not, I'm not doing Nance like that. But Romo, just... He says he's not good. He's he's not good. He's not good at all. All right. You guys want to hear San Francisco's. So we heard Kansas City's. This is San Francisco's. This is their call of McCall Hardman at the end of the game. Seven seconds, six. They are going to snap it. Mahomes going to roll to his right. Throws. Touchdown. The Chiefs have won the Super Bowl. McCall Hardman. As they roll Mahomes right, McCole Hardman is wide open. And the Chiefs win the Super Bowl back-to-back years. I mean, he was wide open. I mean, that's a, that's a very accurate description of uh, the play. Rob, it feels like that little play-action rollout play works 95% of the time. We haven't talked about this yet. You want to know what my favorite play call from the whole game was? That fourth and one where they ran it, where they basically used Travis Kelsey like he was an offensive lineman and let Mahomes decide which way he was going to go was an incredible call on fourth and one. Because I was thinking, all right, you probably should quarterback sneak it here, but you won't because you have Patrick Mahomes. So like, all right, how, how can you kind of catch them off guard? And I thought they did that. I thought that was by far and away the best call that they had offensively yesterday. I mean, it's the first time all year they've used him as a runner. Like, he can run, but they've never designed to run for him. So, it was 
You know what? Andy Reid was playing chess. Why everyone was playing checkers? All right, we'll play one more call here. This is the this is the Korean call from yesterday's game. This was the Korean call of McCall Hardman's touchdown. That was the Korean call of the McCall Hardman touchdown. Coming up on the other side, if you're on hold, stay there. We'll take your phone calls, 913-586-7610. I saw a very interesting thought about Patrick Mahomes that I want to share with you guys. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esqually Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this. On your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. You know what? I didn't even realize that the the playoff rules were different in overtime. So I I assumed you just want the ball because you score a touchdown and win. But I guess that's not the case. Um, so I don't really I don't totally know the strategy there. No. No, we haven't talked about it. No. <laughs> Maybe I am the only person floored by that audio clip, and that's fine. I I'm you know what today. I am happy to be the only person that's on that clip. But to hear a starter in the game say I was unaware of the rules is wild to me. It is it is wild to me. To hear a player say that they didn't know the rules until they put them on the jumbotron in the stadium is it is it is mind blowing to me. Uh, I want to read to you guys this tweet from Kevin Clark. And someone on the text line requested the Nickelodeon version of the final call. I do want to play that for you. I honestly forgot about the Nickelodeon call, but you know what? I'm here for it. This is from Kevin Clark of the uh, the Ringer. He tweets, the reason I think Patrick Mahomes is Michael Jordan, because Jordan relegated so many would-be legends to minor characters. He literally left no breathing room for anyone else and shaped the legacies of basically all his contemporaries again. Mahomes is the same way. We might be seeing it again. He's well on his way. Of all the impressive things about Patrick Mahomes, I would say that there are two things that stand out to me the most about Pat. Number one is his team's record when they are down double digits compared to everybody else's stat. And I tweeted this yesterday during the game. I understand how all of you follow me on Twitter. But you guys are so adamant on that you should never doubt Patrick Mahomes. Yet, be honest, the moment the Chiefs get down 10, nobody doubts Patrick Mahomes more than a frustrated, disgruntled Chiefs fan. Nobody. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching it and I'm seeing the nervous energy in the room around me. And I'm just thinking to myself, this is almost like every Chiefs game that I've seen. You want to know what? America got the 2023 Chiefs in its full totality yesterday. They got all of it. They got a sideline blow up. 
They got Patrick Mahomes' greatness. They got to see how incredible this defense was. They got to see Harrison Bucker. They got to see an MVS redemption arc, a McCole Hardman redemption arc. Taylor Swift was everything that the Chiefs have been since breaking camp in July. That's what they were yesterday. Good and bad. They had some turnovers. You get frustrated at Richie James. You're sitting there screaming at MVS. Yo, what are you doing? Why are you running backwards? And then he catches a touchdown. Oh, yesterday was peak Kansas City. They could not have been more on brand than they were yesterday. But to the point about Patrick Mahomes, so the 10-0 stat. So since 2019, the Chiefs are 5-1 and one in the postseason when trailing by 10 points or more in the playoffs. The rest of the NFL is 6-48. and 48. What Patrick does on a normal basis is not normal. And number two is he's the only one of his contemporaries that has won. Like I always, like I'm, I'm sure this will happen again. I'm sure it will happen like in October, November. Like I'll be trying to convince you guys, hey, like Joe Burrow's kind of good. And you guys will be like, but he ain't won nothing though. Like, Hey, you're right. I know. I can't. That's a great Trump card every time. Like, oh, man, hey, Lamar Jackson, he's really good. You guys should. Well, he ain't won nothing. You're right. You're right. I can't. I don't have a good counter for that. I don't have a stat for, well, you haven't won anything. There's a lot of great young quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, a lot of them. Only one has a ring. And he has done it in some of the most heartbreaking, gut-wrenching fashions. You're up 20 to 10 with eight minutes in the Super Bowl. You're already thinking about plans of after the game. You're already thinking about, oh, and hold on, wait. It's third and 17? Oh, they're done. They're cooked. The Chiefs won that game by double digits. You're up three points with two minutes to go in the Super Bowl. You're feeling good. Hey, we got the Chiefs right where we want them. No, you don't. You lost. The fact that he has a ring. And Burrow, he has, think about this. He has three before any of his contemporaries have one. Everybody got rings during the Brady time. I mean, Peyton eventually got a ring. Breeze eventually got a ring. Aaron Rodgers, everybody got rings. Nobody currently has a ring in the Patrick Mahomes era, but Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. That's it. I guess Matthew Stafford got one too. That's it. That's the only. No one that we would deem to be his peer. Has a ring, which is just crazy to me. All right, let's take these two phone calls, Rob. Hey, Brandon, how are you doing today? What's going on, Carrington? Welcome back home. Viva Las Vegas, brother. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you. I got two quick things. Let's and do I it. agree with the rules on the uh, on the overtime. But here it is. Uh, my first thing is real quick. I missed the, I missed the uh, two for twenty NDS parlay by <laughs> five yards, and I made and I made the parlay at Applebee's. But anyway, the drive. The drive by Patrick Mahomes is what brought it home for us. I, I want to give the flowers to the entire team, the the, the wide receiver room, the, especially the defense and Spags. We trust special teams held it down. But in the culmination of the show, just like the name of the show, the drive, at the end of that game, the drive, Canton, the drive, Rob, it was the drive. We seen it. This is, this is what, what happens, what, what, is what you was just saying. It's the mystique of – of Patrick Mahomes at the end of games, the drive, the drive. We know what happened. We've seen it, the drive. That's all I want to say. Love, Kansas City, Viva Las Vegas. Brandon, I appreciate you, man. Tell your little one I said hello in the back. I mean, I 
We saw Tiger Woods at, at Augusta yesterday. And that's what I'm thinking as I'm watching it. Like, you know you're watching something great. You know it. That was Tom Brady down 28-3. to That was Michael Jordan hitting the last shot against the Utah Jazz. That was Tiger Woods rounding the back nine at Augusta. That's what Patrick Mahomes was yesterday. He got the ball with one minute, 45 seconds left and two timeouts, and they had to get points. They would have scored if they had had an extra 10 seconds. They left regulation with the timeout and kicked the field a short field goal. I was thinking they should have ran another play. And then in overtime, and we all knew, I mean, at that point, I mean, I would have put my life savings on. Like, once I saw San Francisco kick a field goal, I mean, we, we all knew that you had done the worst thing that you could have done. And you gave Patrick Mahomes a chance to beat you in the Super Bowl? Can't do that. Jonathan, how you doing today, man? I'm doing good, man. How you doing, Carrington? Doing great, man. Hey, let me ask you something real quick. I'm an old, I'm old head here. Hey, what's cooler than being ice, uh, being cold than cool? Ice cold. Ice cold, baby. That's what Patrick Mahomes has in his veins. Hey, I want to talk to you about your uh, John Elway and Raiders thing. You know, it was a good thing seeing old horse face hand us that trophy. But you know what? We go back further with the Raiders. And not only did Marquez Valdez-Scantling stab that field with the flag, we smoked cigars, we sprayed champagne all up in that home team locker room, buddy. I'll let you go. How you feel about it? Jonathan, I appreciate you, man. I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm serious. If, if, if you're a Raiders fan, you got to find a new team, man. You can, you can never come back from this. You can never come back from this. I was in Vegas. That was a road game. There were more Niners fans than Chiefs fans. And I get it. Closer. A lot of people move out of the Bay Area. To do that in front of you, right in your face. I was watching this TikToker. I don't know if you've seen it, Rob. They were like going around the seat thing like Fanatics made it. And they were interviewing people. Hey, how much did you spend to beat the Super Bowl? This woman was in a Niners jersey. She had a Brock Purdy jersey on. She looked at the camera, and she said $13,000. If I spent $13,000 to watch Patrick Mahomes do that to my team, I could never watch football again. I could never find enjoyment or satisfaction in watching football again. How can you experience happiness? You spent all that money. You thought you were going to win. You had a chance to win, and he did it to you again? Gut-wrenching, heartbreaking, could never do it. Let's talk about the drive coming up on the other side. Keep it right here. It is the drive. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 